Hello and welcome to the Black Millennium Revolution. My name is Kiana Michelle, also known as Key, and you are tuned in to another episode here at the Black Millennial Revolution. So what is going on, community? What is going on? I'm very happy to be back here with you all for another episode here at the Black Millennial Revolution. And on today's episode, community, we are diving in and continuing on with our Psychological Warfare series. In today's episode, we are talking about competition over community. Competition over community. Now, I know many of you all are used to hearing this phrase in the reverse form, community over competition. But let's be real. Let's be real. We know that in the black community that there's a lot more competition over community than community over competition. And what's interesting, I've noticed this, is that some people in the community will use that line, community over competition, to pander to other black people. And the irony of it all is that some of those same people are not only some of the biggest competitors, but they are also some of the biggest crabs in the barrel. And I don't mention that to throw any shade at anyone, but it's very important to throw light on this situation and on this matter. And of course, I know that many of these people that act this way, you know, are operating from their own life issues, and past traumas. And that's also very important to mention as well. So to tell you all a little story, um, as many of you all know, I am a resale fashion entrepreneur. And I really, really love what I do. I love this realm of fashion. Um, and I'm just really, really enjoying this ride. And I have tried to collaborate with some Black people um, that live in my city and state and that do the same thing as me I have tried to collaborate with some of these people and you know although some people have been very very receptive you know there have been you know I will say one person that has not been as receptive as I would have liked them to be and the weird thing about it for me is that this particular person you know when I met this person they were saying to me how They did not like the whole crab in the barrel, you know, mentality that many people in the black community have in Boston and how, you know, they really wanted to find ways to combat it. And I really loved what that person was telling me. You know, I I really agreed with it as well. And I remember saying to myself, you know, I would really, really like to collaborate with this person. I think this is great that they feel, you know, these sentiments. I, I actually agree with them and I would love to collaborate and really do something amazing for, you know, the black community in Boston. You know, educate them more on resale fashion and also get them more involved. So I wrote this person a long email just letting them know I was really grateful to meet them and letting them know about the fact that I really would like to collaborate And they responded back and, you know, let me know that they really, you know, was appreciative of, you know, me emailing them and that they would get back to me. And some time went on and I never heard from this person again. But I was thinking to myself, you know what? It's life. Things happen. And perhaps this person is going through their own motions and their own waves of life. So I didn't bother this person. I didn't nag them. I'm not that type of person. I just let that person do their own thing was still supporting them in everything, right? 
But next thing you know, I'm starting to observe that this person is starting to compete with me. And I'm thinking to myself, huh? Why am I now your competitor? Wasn't I the same person that reached out to you to try to unite? Wasn't you the same person to me venting to me about people in our city being crabs in the barrel? Huh? And that really bothered me. It really did because I felt fooled. I felt fooled. I'm someone that has, you know, a great dose of discernment. I really can see through people and feel their intentions, good or bad. But I also give people the benefit of the doubt. And, you know, I was saying, no, you know, I really believe that this is someone that really, really wants to unite. I really do. But it, it really, really bothered me that it was the opposite. But to be quite frank with you all, that's something that happens quite often in this city. You know, I love my city. I love you know, being from Boston, but this is a crab in the barrel city. It is. There's a lot of crabs in the barrel here. And of course, it's not everyone, but there's a lot of crabs in the barrel here. And, you know, there's several factors that play into this. You know, Boston is known for being the best at many different things, whether it's sports, whether it's healthcare, whether it's education, you know, Boston is just known for being the best. And in return, Many people embody that. And instead of thinking of it like, okay, how can I be the best when it comes to serving others and when it comes to uniting amongst other people, it's like, how can I be the best and just compete with other people? And a lot of black people, instead of uniting here, a lot of black people will compete. And like I said, it's not all. So I don't want anybody that's not from Boston to think that this is everyone in the city. It's not all, but there's a lot of black people here that are crabs in the barrel, and I have to be frank. And it's unfortunate. It really, really is, because it's not like we're a city that's like Atlanta or D.C. where there's a plethora of black people, right? You know, it's it's not like we have a whole bunch of black people here, but at the same time, there's a beautiful diaspora of black people here. A beautiful, beautiful diaspora of black people here. And if more of us could really unite, my gosh, we would really put this city on the map. You know, I've had crazy visions of, you know, really establishing a black fashion scene here. And some of my friends would be like, Key, come on, come on. You, you know, like, this is not the city that, that, that you can do that in. Stop, stop, stop. And it's not even like my friends are trying to discourage me like, oh, stop, Key. You know, we don't want you to do that. We don't want you to do it. Nope, it's not that. My friends are just saying, Key, come on. You're being a little too idealistic here. <laughs> that's, that's, not, that's not how everybody in our city, you know, you know you're community oriented, but everybody in our city is, isn't like that. Stop. Just stop. Move out of the city and do what you need to do. And, you know, it's tough when you hear that because, you know, although, you know, I do want to spread my wings and move out of my city, you know, I I would love to really do something here. I I do. I I would really love to find ways to unite my people here, you know. So it's, it's just really unfortunate that, 
You know, there's a lot more competition over community here. There is. And even though there are people here in the city that do engage in community over competition, still, there's a lot of people that will still preach that line here. And they are people that are some of the biggest competitors, like I mentioned before, or they are the biggest crabs in the barrel. So we have to remember that people use this line to pander to other black people. And I broke this down. This is, like I said, this is a form, this competition over community is a form of psychological warfare. And I broke this down into several factors of why black people in our community act like this. And the first reason why you all is the only one rule. The only one rule says that there can only be one black person at the top at a certain time. Think about, you know, this American society. The first black person to do this. Oh, this is the first black person to do that. Oh, this is the first black person to do this. The first black president, the first black that. And the reality of the situation is there's plenty of black people that can do those things that those first black people have done. But there's only room for one in this society. Unfortunately, there's only room for one. And even think about Hollywood, right? I'm not saying all of you all that are listening would want to be in Hollywood, but think about Hollywood. Why isn't there a lot more black people in Hollywood, right? Why isn't there a lot more black people in Hollywood? We all know gifted singers, right? We all know gifted dancers. We all know gifted rappers in the black community. Why haven't they made it? Why aren't they up there? The only one rule. And what's unfortunate is that as a community, we have adopted that only one rule when it comes to our form of leadership. Think about our black leaders, Marcus Garvey, MLK, Malcolm X. There could only be one prominent leader at a time. But why? Why? Other races aren't like that. And that's how they advance. But for our community, since we've been conditioned, many of us have been conditioned to see how the society labels us. Like, dang, there can only be one black person at a time winning? Really, there can only be one? There can only be one? We have now adopted that as our form of leadership. There can only be one. There can only be one. And we can't do that. There can't be a black messiah. There can't be a black messiah, y'all. Every, every time a black leader has died, it has set the community back because there's only been one. When Marcus Garvey died, it started to set the community back. MLK died. It made people sad. You know, Malcolm X died. It made people sad because there's, there was only one leader at a time. And although Malcolm and Martin were around at the same time, they still had their issues. They still had differences in opinion. Because of that only one rule. And that's something that we really need to stop. We got to stop that. We got to stop. That's a part of the psychological warfare. We're seeing the society say, oh, wow, there can only be one black person at a time. Really only one. Really only one. 
So now we're adopting that in our form of leadership. And that is something that we really and truly need to combat as a community. We really do. We really do. For instance, I I started a platform on Instagram called Black Who Thrift, right? And right now I'm just growing the platform. And, you know, there will just be, you know, amazing black people. I love I, I love that page. I just want to say that. So if anybody's into thrifting or if you're a reseller that's listening to this, please follow that platform. It's truly empowering. It has inspired me immensely, immensely. But anyways, there's just been so many amazing black people that have reached out to me in the DMs, thanking me for starting the platform, telling me how much they love the platform. But they will say, I love your page. I love your page. And I will always tell them, thank you. I appreciate it. But this is not my page. This is our page. Because in my mind, although I am the vision behind this, I'm going to spread this vision across this community. I have a grand vision for this. You know, I'm not, I don't believe that this should just be something that I hold on to. You know, I plan to spread this across the community. I do. And I, and I want other people that are in this community that are following this page to become leaders of the Black Tooth of community as well. I don't want it to just be me. I don't look at it like that. Right now, I'm just growing the platform. But when I start to roll out the other visions I have, then people that follow that platform will really understand what I mean. They will understand what I mean. Because I realize they can't just be only one black person that is a leader, you know, in the Black Toothrift movement. Are you kidding? What? No. The NAACP didn't spread across America because there was only one leader. Are you serious? So it, it's, it's really, really important for us to combat this only one rule. So that's number one. Number two, you all, people hate their blackness. Straight up. Some people in the community hate their blackness. And in return... You know, they just have been really, really conditioned to feel lesser than. So when you're someone that loves being black, really loves your blackness, and you just really love who you are, you know, you're going to threaten a lot of other black people, my people. You, you are, especially other black people that don't love their blackness and have insecurities when it comes to being black and they have those inner demons that they're still trying to combat. You know, you're going to bother a lot of those other black people. You are. And yes, it's unfortunate. It is. It is. But this is the reality of the situation. And this is something I have experienced a lot in my life. A lot. And, you know, it has hurt me. It has. Um, because I love being black and I feel like my, you know, one of my life's missions on this earth is simply to inspire more black people to love their blackness and to love being black just as much as I do, just as much as I do. You know, what hurts me the most is the fact that a lot of black people don't love being black. You know, it really, really upsets me. Well, it really gets to me. So, You know, if I can empower, inspire more black people to love their blackness, you know, I know I'm doing the right thing. I really do. But, 
You know, I have experienced, you know, a lot of competition over community from other black people. And I know it's because of the fact that I love my blackness. And what's interesting is that I have really experienced this with a lot of Haitian people. And for new listeners, I am half Haitian and half Trinidadian. My mother's from Trinidad and my father's from Haiti. And most of the competition over community type of behavior or the crab in the barrel type of behavior that I have ever experienced in my 28 years of life have been from other Haitian people. And I know why. I know why. You know, many Haitian people have been conditioned to hate being Haitian or to dislike being Haitian because of the fact that Haiti is a poor country and, you know, a lot of people look down on Haiti. And in return, a lot of Haitians look down on themselves. So when you're a Haitian that isn't looking down on yourself or you don't hate your blackness and you feel good about yourself, you're going to threaten other Haitian people. And that is something that I have experienced time and time again, time and time again. I remember in college, right, we were partying, drinking, smoking, having a good time. And all of a sudden, one of my former friends, and I say former friend because after this, I I really had to stop rocking with her because I'm the type of person, I'm not the most forgiving human being. I'll be frank with y'all community. And that's something that I personally have to work on. If you if you cross me in a type of way, I'm like, oh, that was some funny, 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 funny style behavior. I will probably not rock with you in the same way. So we're all having a good time, right? And all of a sudden, out the cut, y'all, out of the cut, she goes, Key, you're not that Haitian. You're not, you're not that Haitian because, you know, your, your mom's not Haitian. Your, your mom's not Haitian. You know, it's your dad that's Haitian. If your mom was Haitian you would be more Haitian. But since, you know, you know, your dad is Haitian, you're not that Haitian at all. And I flamed her. I just started going in on her because, you know, like I told y'all, we was drinking and we was smoking. And I'm already, you know, someone that if you say something to me that I don't like, I will confront you. But think about it. A confrontational person that's off the drink and off the smoke. (laughs) I went in to the point that my friends, my other friends that were in the room, They were so uncomfortable. They're looking out the window. They're looking at the ground. You know, (laughs) they're looking at their cell phones. They were like, oh my gosh, this is really happening. And after that, you know, some of my other Haitian friends came up to me, you know, and they said, Key, that wasn't right. You know, that wasn't right. They even spoke to her about it afterwards. They said, Key, that wasn't right. We all know that, you know, you have Haitian, but you're still Haitian. Don't listen to that to, to her at all. I don't even know where that came from. I don't even know why she said that. But I knew where it came from because I was used. I was used to Haitian people in my lifetime displaying these type of behaviors onto me. And I'm like, yo, it has to be because of the fact that I love being black. Straight up. Straight up. You know, and I'm not here like, oh, I hate my blackness. No, I love being black. And I have been raised that way. Raised that way from a child, y'all. From childhood. From childhood. 
So, when, you know, you got to think about it. You know, Haitian people, people want Haitian people to not love being Haitian or to not love being black. And a lot of Haitian people in return do not love being Haitian and do not love being black. And I can't stand that. Because to be honest with you all, Haitians are some of the most powerful people within the black diaspora. Within the black diaspora. But in return, you know, a lot of them don't realize that. And and they just, you know, will compete instead of wanting to unite. And I have experienced that even, even the person I mentioned before, that was a Haitian person that, you know, I was trying to collaborate with in terms of resale fashion. And they didn't really seem like they wanted to collaborate. That was also another Haitian person. So you got to really think about what I'm saying, community. You know, it, it, when, when you are someone that, you know, you love your blackness, you're comfortable in your own skin, you know, you are going to bother some black people. And it, and it really, you know, if you're sensitive like me, it will really bother you. It, it really will. Because, and why it bothers me is it's because of the fact that I am someone that I will help black people. Nine times out of 10, I will help you. And I, and I, I didn't say 10 out of 10 because it's like that 1% is only if I'm busy. You don't even have to be my friend. There's plenty of people that have reached out to me. Key, can you promote my business? Key, do you mind helping me with this? Key, key, key. Do you have advice for this? Key, this, key, that. And we're not the best of friends at all. At all. But they know that I am someone that cares deeply about black people. So they know if they come to me, I will help them out. And it's the truth. I will. So, you know, it can hurt your feelings when it's like, dang, you know, your own people, you know, displaying this competitive actions onto you and they don't want to unite. So that second reason is because there there are some black people, you know, in the community that like being black. Some of us actually like it. We're not saying this. You know, just to say it, some of us actually love being black and other black people that don't love their blackness. When they see that within you, some of them will either get inspired or some of them will really get jealous and envious, you all. And that's just me being really frank. So that is number two. Number three, this could be hereditary or in your family, you know, that, you know, this honestly, this could be hereditary or in your family to be someone that is more about competition than wanting to be about community. You know, think about it. You know, there are some family members, probably probably some people that you know in your family that they rather compete with each other. You know, or they tell you, oh, you know, you know, this they probably talk down to, about other black people, right? So you you're conditioned to think that way. So this can also be hereditary or something that's just within your own family. That sort of competitiveness, right? And if you're someone that, you know, for instance, if you have siblings and you compete, compete, compete with your siblings in return, you're going to compete, compete, compete with other black people. And I've also noticed that with people as well. Because I'm raised on my mom's side as an only child. But I have three siblings on my dad's side. 
And what I notice is that a lot of people that have siblings, they compete with their siblings and in return, they compete with other black people. So like I said, this could be hereditary or in your family that you have this competition over community type of behavior. And the last one is just ego and pure insecurity, man. Ego and pure insecurity. And this could be both for men and women. Ego and pure insecurity. And that's just pretty self-explanatory, right? You know, ego is one hell of a drug. And if you are operating from an egotistical stance, that's not going to get you far at all. It really isn't. And a lot of black people can operate in that way. And if you operate from an egotistical standpoint, 10 times out of 10, you're going to be someone that is going to be someone that rather competes than unites. You're going to be more about competition than community. That's just the way it is, you know. So those are my four factors and reasons. And I'm sure many of you all probably are thinking of your own, right? But this is a form, community, of psychological warfare that we really need to combat because it really holds us back. It really does. It really holds us back. Because I feel like one thing that black people need to realize is that if we come together, oh my gosh, we would be unstoppable. And that is the biggest fear that this country and this world has, is black people coming together. Imagine if we started black Americans, if we started linking up with Africa and the Caribbean. What? This world would go crazy. They wouldn't know what to do. They wouldn't know what to do. That is not what they want at all. Which is why they try to find ways to make us compete. Then make us unite. If we came together as a community, we would truly be unstoppable. And that's what we really need to realize. And that's why I always say, if you see another black person doing something that you want to do in life, you have two choices. You could either be inspired by that person or you could be envious and jealous of that person. The choice is yours. But if you go down that path of inspiration, I'm telling you right now, more ideas are going to come to you. More ideas are going to start coming to you just because you walk down that path of inspiration. You could even reach out to that person. I've mentioned before that the reason why I started even fashion blogging when I wanted to fashion blog was because of a very well-known fashion blogger in London, a black woman named Freddie Harrell. I reached out to that woman and she reached back out to me. And I said, wow, this woman is a really big inspiration to me. And not only did I reach out to her, but she reached back to me? Really? I was so grateful for that, you know, and I and it made me really appreciate her even more. 
But imagine if I looked at Freddie from an envious standpoint. Just imagine. Imagine if I looked at her from envious eyes. I would not have been able to propel forward or think of new ideas for my own fashion brand at all. Another example, like I mentioned, the Black Tooth Thrift page on Instagram that I started. A lot of black people have started their own resale fashion brands just from that page being up. And I knew that was going to happen. Because black people, we are a ripple race. All it takes is for one of us to do something very well, and it will make more of us want to do it. And that is a good thing. If we look at each other from inspirational eyes, then envious eyes or competitive eyes. So many black people now are doing this. They're getting into resale fashion, and I love it. I love it. I love it. Despite anybody, you know, that has, you know try to compete with me, I don't care. I still love the fact that more black people are getting into this field. I love it. And I want it to continue to happen. You know, I I know that I'm someone that really, really wants to find ways to unite the community. Even with this podcast, we're a community here. We are a community here. What do I refer to you all? Community, community, community. Because that's how I look at this. We are really a community. I cannot do this podcast without y'all. And I say this all the time because it's the truth. There was a time where I wasn't even doing episodes and y'all reached out to me. Y'all reached out to me and said, Key, no, you got to continue with this podcast. That is the power of the black community in the flesh. When y'all reached out to me, I said, man, nah, I, I, I got to continue with this podcast. I do. I, I, they're right. I got I to. Got, I got that is community over competition. That is community over competition, my people. Y'all wasn't looking at me like, dang, let me, let me compete with Key now. Let me, let me make my own podcast. No. Y'all said, Key, what are you doing? Get on the podcast. Continue with the episodes. Get with it. Get with it. Get with it. And I appreciate each and every one of you all. I really, really, really do. I really do, community. I really do. So, competition over community. This is psychological warfare in the flesh. This is how they want us to be, my people. This society does not want to see black people come together. At all. At all. They do not like to see when we unite and we come together. But it's time for us, especially as black millennials, to change the narrative. It really is. It's time for us to change the narrative. And it's time for us to come together and to really start being more about community over competition. And although I know there's a lot of us 
that are doing it. And, and shout out to all the black people that are really about community over competition. We appreciate you all. I can speak for the people when I say we appreciate you all. And please do not ever stop. Don't ever stop because we need that energy. We really do. But we still have a long way to go. Collectively, we still have a long way to go. And it's really up for us as black millennials, you know, we're the new leaders to really start coming together. It really is. We really need to start coming together. We really need to start inspiring one another. Empowering one another. Embracing one another. We really do. We really, really do. So community, I really, really, really hope you all enjoy this episode. And before I go, I want to mention you all, you know, the the Instagram page is up. And I want to say this because many of you all have been saying you're having a hard time finding me. You all have been reaching out to me on my resale fashion site. And although I don't mind that, I really don't mind if you all um, reach out to me there. Some of you all have found me on LinkedIn. I don't I don't mind that. You know, I really don't mind that. So I don't want you all to think that you can't connect with me on other platforms. All I'm saying is I started an Instagram page for the Black Millennial Revolution podcast. So I do want you all to meet me on there. I'm really going to start to grow that page even more and to really start to cultivate a community there. So please meet me there. Um, If you want to connect with me there, you can DM me there. I will definitely DM back. Um, I want to let you all know that because there have been people that reach out to me and I reach back out to you all. So I want to let you all know if you reach out to me, you just want to talk, you just want to say hi, anything, please don't hesitate. Do not hesitate to reach out to me at all. If you have an idea for a podcast episode, do not hesitate to reach out to me at all at all. You know, if you're going through something in this pandemic, you feel like you can't talk to no one, DM me in the DMs. I'll reach back out. I might be a day late. I'm just saying because of the fact that sometimes, you know, I I could be a little late when it comes to responding. (laughs) I'll be honest about that. I'll be honest. Okay. I'm a bad texter and I'm a bad DMer, but I will respond. I will respond. All right, community. So as always, community, thank you so much for tuning in to another episode here at the Black Millennial Revolution. And as always, I hope you all have a great one. Bye now.